Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome back to the June 2017 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Shiv Chopra. The next paper we're looking at is Interoperative Comparison of Anatomical versus Round Implants in Breast Augmentation, a Randomized Control Trial. This is by Hidalgo and Weinstein out of New York, New York, and it's from way back in March 2017. So, Shiv, what was this paper about? So they were looking at anatomical implants to see, are they truly aesthetically superior when compared to round implants in breast augmentation? And I guess, uh, anatomical implants have uh, been fairly uh, common in Europe and the rest of the world for some time, but it's uh, only been the last couple of years since they've been um, uh, been used in the United States. So um, it would be for them a, a good way of trying to ascertain it, the superiority with anatomical compared to smooth. So they uh, underwent a randomised control trial, the, the authors say, and looked at patients under undergoing primary breast augmentation between 2013 and 2015. And they compared the two different devices in the same patient. Um, And how they chose those patients was essentially looking at patients that had pretty symmetrical breasts in terms of volume, nipple position, areola diameter, and as well as not having a significant shape or spinal abnormality or asymmetry or had previous scarring, so um, pretty straightforward um, patients. It was a single surgeon, and uh, his preference was a subpectoral plane with the occasional dual plane uh, modality used as well. And uh, the surgeon himself chose the implant that was deemed most aesthetic, both round and anatomical, as well as a final decision um, at the very end. They had a computer to generate which side the round or the anatomical went, so left or right, uh, on the day of surgery. And a round implant was used on one side, and a sizer for the anatomical in a, or an implant was used, and that was uh, in a way to save on costs, which the author explains, um, rather than having to open an anatomical implant each time. Sat them up and then took clinical photographs on table. Um, and then the final decision was made by by the surgeon and the procedure completed. And those photographs that were used and taken on table of the patient in different positions was then uh, given to lay members as well as plastic surgeons, and they got to uh, have, through single selection as well as Likert scoring, um, which... Uh, aesthetic side they preferred and uh, also for the plastic surgeons the medical reasons for that uh, implant preference so was it because of the projection or the height and also if they could guess which uh, implant it was so if it was the round or the anatomical and so uh, they uh, looked at uh, those and uh, uh, couldn't really find a true from their results a difference between the aesthetics of anatomical round with both the lay members and the plastic surgeons uh, not being able to um, uh, have a specific preference from for one versus the other 
and uh, again when asking the plastic surgeons to decide or, or work out from the one that they guessed was the more um, aesthetic if it was a round implant or anatomical the plastic surgeons again were pretty poor in uh, defining correctly which implant was being used so overall um, no aesthetic preference uh, on table analysis anyway by both the lay and professionals uh, could uh, be specific to one of the two implants and also correct implant identification on table uh, through those images by the plastic surgeon was was poor as well okay so what do people think about this study so um it's we all felt that it was a really good attempt and a unique one to try and look at if anatomical implants truly are um, more superior than round ones. And I'd, I've never heard of an on-table analysis and photographs before, so I think it's it was really quite unique to see. Uh, and so the authors have to be commended for, for that idea and getting the ethical approval for it too. Yeah, look, um, certainly there are... Their conclusion uh, was a very forceful one, saying that uh, um, the results of this study provide level one evidence showing no aesthetic superiority of anatomical over round implants and uh, uh, say that the continued routine use of anatomical implants in breast augmentation um, should be argued against given the inherent disadvantages and potential risks of anatomical implants such as rotation and the like. Uh, it's a very forceful uh, sort of uh, conclusion. Um, there was a lot of discussion as to whether this paper on its own is enough to uh, sound the death knell for anatomical implants in uh, uh, cosmetic augmentation. Uh, one of the concerns raised was uh, whether the on-table result is representative of the final result. Mm. Once all the swelling has subsided and uh, the wounds are healed, the implants have dropped um, uh, and the soft tissue interplay between, uh, sorry, the interplay between the uh, soft tissues of the breast and the underlying implants have uh, sort of come to a more static stage. Whereas, you know, in the minutes or uh, you know, hours after an implant, everything, the pocket is still very tight, uh, the soft tissues haven't yet relaxed and the final result, one would imagine, has not really been obtained. So whether an intraoperative photo is actually going to give you, uh, is an accurate representation of the ultimate post-operative stable result is certainly something uh, that is up for discussion. And I think if you're putting an anatomical sizer in on one side and putting a true implant on the other, that's only going to disrupt that envelope initially at the time as well, rather than putting two true uh, implants in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, he does make the point that the, the sizer is the same shape of the implant, and just because it's not textured, mm. you know, that shouldn't really affect it. But the thing is, I mean, the texturing must do something and uh, even though it might not do something in the first 10 minutes after the implant's placed it may be doing something 10 months later and whether that has an ultimate effect on the um, uh, on the result uh, also looking at the uh, in terms of the selection of the implant one would imagine that if you're using very large implants it would be more obvious whether uh, one is using anatomical or yes. round. Most of the implants being used were of a medium mm. uh, type of dimension uh, or a moderate type of dimension, whether it's the round or the anatomical. Um, so whether this on-table result um, is going to be the same for patients who are having very large augmentations. As we discussed after the 
uh, during the journal club this evening, if um, one was having a very small augmentation or a very modest augmentation, um, it probably won't make that much of a difference because the uh, shape is going to be pretty similar. But if it's a very large implant, one would imagine there'd be a pretty significant change or difference uh, in the shape of the final result. Yes, and I think in the discussion paper by Malucci, he puts in a really nice table to show that how a round implant can at times look anatomical and vice versa for anatomical. And so if you're putting very moderate or medium profile implants in either side, then you're going to get very similar results. Yeah. And I think that was, that was quite nice to, to see in the discussion there. Okay, there's certainly um, a very um, uh, good talking point and uh, certainly um, adds to the discussion. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.